Hello, welcome to the Combat Chats podcast. Today we're going to be talking about this week's, or should I say last week's, UFC card, UFC Fortnite, Blahovic versus Rakic. Very exciting card, really good card actually. Lots of knockouts, a few submissions. As well as that, you know, before we go on to the main card, which we're going to be primarily covering today, we're going to discuss the Michael Johnson fight. Now, obviously, Michael Johnson, he's not fought in a good few years, and the way he came back, he looked really sharp. I think Finn has a lot of, a lot to say on this card, uh, this particular fight, so if you just go ahead for us, Finn. Yeah, so uh, it was Michael Johnson, Johnson's first fight in a while, and um, we, we even when he has fought recently, we haven't seen Michael Johnson involved, you know, because... Um, we saw his fight with uh, Clay Guida and that didn't go his way and Josh Emmett knocked him out very bad. So it's been a long time since we saw a vintage Michael Johnson. And um, coming into this fight, I thought I thought he'd have the advantage because his speed and Alan Patrick's very, very like wild. He leaves himself open. I definitely so, definitely so. Yeah, so um, I, I knew he'd have the speed advantage and he'd land the nicer shots. But Alan Patrick hits very hard. He's got a lot of knockouts. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> my voice, man. So it's a really interesting, you know, bout, um, lightweight. It's hard to say who it's going to go to. Obviously, you know, Michael Johnson, uh, when was the last one? 2016? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. He's won after that, but that was his last knockout win. His last knockout win. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, but it used to be, you know, some of the knockouts like mad. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, it was just going to be a challenging fight, and it was, um, it was interesting to see how we do. As I said, Alan Patrick, very, very wild fire. Hits hard, says Michael Johnson, clearly, from the result. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a really, really, um, really interesting one to watch. Uh, watching the fight, watching Michael Johnson go into it, he starts off looking very sharp. And I didn't know if I expected to see that level of sharpness. I don't know if you predicted this one last week. Yeah, we no, we didn't speak about it last week, um, I don't think. No, no, but the way the way he started off, just sharp, you know, we saw a lot of um, what, what felt like, you know, Michael Johnson, you know, from a few years back. And he did really well during the fight, you know, to keep going forward. Alan Patrick, you know, fair enough, also quite fierce. Yeah. You know, not too bad on the ground either. Mm. When they come down to it, but yeah, yeah, it was a really, really good fight. Um, really impressive knockout as well. What was the round three? Yeah, uh, it was like near the end of round two, and um, I think that I think the all the commentators were talking about the fighter meetings and um, saying how motivated Michael Johnson looked to come back and perform in this fight because even when he has fought, like I said, he he has not been himself, and we haven't seen him really like throw down and like like knock anyone out since Por- I think Laporia was his last knockout if I'm not wrong but like that's a very long time ago and for a guy to be known as a very hard hitter very quick he, like he said in the Hawani show he prides himself on his knockout power and to not to go that long without a knockout would have been really playing on his mind so it would be- it's going to benefit him so much going forward to get that knockout on his record and get back in the winning column like he's he said recently he he almost forgot what it's like to win and I, I can imagine for a guy like that that would be a horrible feeling oh definitely so definitely so I mean as you said you know Dustin Poirier was his last knockout which was in 2016 and that's crazy you know oh yeah he, it's insane yeah he can, 100% he can lose to one 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 fighter who's never been ranked in the top 10 and then beat Tony Ferguson and beat Poirier and beat people like this is some one fight you can turn up the best in the world and the next fight you can turn up looking like a non-ranked fighter, you know? So I mean, it's it was... really quite interesting because, you know, this being his first win in five fights, oh. you know, not having won a fight since 2019 prior to this, mm. um, really impressive. You know, Josh Emmett, Stephen Ray, Thierry Moises and Clea Guida. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it must have, it's, it's, it must have definitely been something, you know, he put a bit of pressure on himself about. Mm. Because, you know, to definitely. be in that position, you know, you, you want to get back to winning. He, he's not a he's not a poor fighter. You know, yes, he's got quite a few losses on his record. His wins and losses, you know, aren't far off the show of 20 wins, 17 losses. Mm. But if you look at his 17 losses, a lot of them have been very, very recently. I mean, prior to that, you know, he was consistently winning. Mm. Maybe a loss every three or four fights, two or three fights, yeah. and some of his, you know, slightly poorer spells. He's always fought the best as well. Like, if you look at the losses, he's lost to Khabib. He's, uh, he's lost to some of the best fighters of his time as well. I mean, definitely. I mean, if you look at if you look at how old he was fighting, you know, um, he was fighting, you know, not in the UFC back in 2008. Mm. In the UFC, he was fighting, you know, he was fighting as early as, uh, he was, uh, Jonathan Brooks in 2010. Yeah. So, you know, somebody fighting so back in 2010. That was a good 12 years ago now. I remember tough when he first came through and he was just wrestling guys. Like, yeah, he's, he came a long way since then. Definitely. So, I mean, you know, Joe Lazon. Yeah. You know, 2013, another great of a game. Mm. You know, so he's not, he's not been having easy fights. Edson Barboza in 2015. Yeah. Decision unanimous. So he's done really well for himself, you know, mm. and hopefully, you know, obviously he's quite an older guy now. Yeah. You know, he's going to be the final in the UFC for 12 years, for goodness mm. sake. But, um, it should be really, really interesting to see how he comes back from this. Yeah. And see if he decides to take, if he decides to not necessarily progress his career, but, you know, really, really, um, continue it in, you know, the way he feels like he should be, the way we feel like he should be, uh, winning and performing some, some nice KOs you know mm, what do you yeah. think of the KO itself yeah well it was a beautiful KO there. I think watching the first round you could always see that that punch was there um, so when he caught him with it I wasn't surprised at all so uh, yeah when he landed it obviously I was I was ecstatic for him because I really wanted to see him get back in, in the wing column with a KO and uh, I think he can move on and go far from here I think I really think we can, with confidence, back in his game, we can see him get some good wins under his belt before he retires. I do think that. I definitely say we do really want to continue to see this because it's very, very impressive, you know. And um, it was it was nice to see. It was really good to see. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next fight, if you will. Yeah. So the next fight, uh, which one was it? Was it? Oh yeah. So we will go on to the main card from here. So obviously the English young kid Jake Hadley. Uh, he he really really struggled in this fight to to open it up. Um, he got taken down a few times. Uh, what was the guy's name he fought? Like, I won't be able to pronounce it. I'll butcher it. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alan Nascimento maybe. Yeah, yeah, that Could is that it. Could that be it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, my Portuguese is good. No, that is actually his name. You, you nailed that. Yeah, yeah. So, Nascimento. Um, he he was able to control Hadley on the ground for a lot of the fight. And uh, it started off, Hadley was like putting on pressure early on the feet, uh, looking to get him with the boxing. But Nascimento's kicks were a big problem for Hadley. Oh, definitely so, definitely and, so. And uh, the, the jiu-jitsu just played part. He took him down in the fight and controlled him. Uh, Hadley was looking for a lot of submissions. Um, but uh, yeah, it, was, it just wasn't working. He should have been looking to wrestle instead, in my opinion. See, it's an interesting one, really, because, you know, obviously, English fighters, you know, that's what we really want to promote. That's what we really want to talk a lot about, because obviously, mm. we're English ourselves. And we want to see, you know, we want to see MMA continue to develop how it is developing. Obviously, you know, we had a couple of English fighters on this card. Yeah. You know, but um, as far as the fight was concerned, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think Hadley necessarily 
perform poorly. No. I just don't think he'll do the right things. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, he's a good fighter. He's got a record of 8-0, which is, yeah. you know, pretty impressive. Like, it doesn't... 8-1 now. Well, 8-1 <laughs> yeah. now, yeah, yeah, after that, unfortunately. It could have been 9-0, but, you yeah. know, who knows? Another day, another day. But I don't think he performed uh, poorly. I mm. think he just wasn't doing the right thing to do. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, I think that he has got he has got a bright future. He's quite mm. young, was he 25? Yeah, something around that. And he's not had many fights at all in MMA. Uh, that was his UFC debut, so he's got a lot of time to grow in the sport. I mean, it's um, interesting hearing him talk, though, because... When I look, when you look at you know Jake Hadley, you know um, I think it's something like age seven. He said he wanted to be a UFC champion yeah, yeah. or age eight. You know, which um, I, I could be incorrect in saying that, but I feel like it I heard a, it was a young age. That. It was a young age, yeah. very young age, and he didn't take up martial arts as a teen. He's always been a martial artist, mm. and I think that you know that's so ingrained in him. I can see him continuing to climb and climb and climb and mm. trying to progress himself. And I think that he is going to be a really good fighter in the future. Yeah, you know, even watch that performance. Yes, it wasn't a win, but he didn't perform poorly. You know, there's a lot of it's. It's a big learning curve. The UFC is a big, big, big. You know, uh, big tournament. It's because it's the best sporting organization in the world, for yeah, goodness sake. Definitely. So I think it's going to take him a little while. But I think when he does really get to grips with it, when he does, you know, develop maybe a bit more knowledge on, you know, what to do in certain situations when the fight's not quite going his way. Mm. A lot of it could be due to lack of experience. Yes, he's a very good martial artist, but fighting in a way like that. It's, 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 it's difficult to do if you're not a UFC fighter or you're not con- uh, if you're not consistently fighting against fighters at a high level yeah I think once he develops a bit more knowledge and maybe you know has a bit more you know system corner or whatever it may be on how to fight in those situations when it is kind of not going his way mm. I think that he will be doing much much better I mean honestly it's a shame really because I would have liked to have seen another English win yeah but <laughs> regardless regardless the thing is um is Nascimento was was taking him down a lot of will, but I don't feel like that's because um, Jake Hadley can't wrestle or doesn't have great BJJ. Because like you said perfectly, I think the the main flaw in this fight for him was the lack of experience. Because every time he got taken down, he wasn't really looking to sweep. He was more looking for the rub. Like if you remember, he was just getting him in that rubber guard constantly, mm. and uh, mm. he was looking. He was looking to set up a lot of submissions. I think a couple good platters at one point, and um, he even like he did have his points in the third round. He took his back, and uh, he got locked in a couple guillotines in that round as well. But he was just too high on the back, and to be honest, there's not a lot to talk about during this fight because he was just controlled for a lot of it. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, you get controlled, lack of experience, maybe didn't quite know, you know, what to do in my situation, how to, mm. how to try and recover it. And obviously the scoring card was, yeah, it's, it's very favourable of that control. Yeah. Very favourable of, you know, um, not just, not just takedowns, but, you know, control something which a lot of people, you know, tend to, um, tend to forget about, you know, control is a big, uh, a big point gainer. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that, you know, watching, you know, the amount of times he was controlled, the points we've just been racking up and whatnot, mm. maybe if you try something different, it can be different. But as you said, as I said, lack of experience, he'll know what to do next time. But overall, you know, not a bad fight, generally okay. I, I feel like every time Jake did get on top, the uh, the leg locks from Nascimento were causing Jake a lot of problems. So every like that, a lot of the time he escaped from the bottom, it was because he was grabbing a leg and Jake had to scramble to try and get out of those bad positions. So Nascimento for Jake's first fight in the UFC is a really hard matchup. And you can see why Nascimento had Oliveira in his corner because... It just his grappling control was insane. It was really good. It impressed me. I mean, as you said, first UFC fight, right? I don't think people are aware of the percentage of fighters who lose in their UFC debut. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, last week, you know, prior to the uh, Fernie Garcia fight mm. on the prelims, it was something like, well, I say last week, but week before round, but obviously we always do this a week afterwards just so we have yeah. a few days. 
Uh, you know, um, I think it's something like 57% of UFC fighters, the stat would have gone up now, obviously. 57% of UFC fighters lose my debut. Mm, yeah. And there's a reason for it because the fighters in the UFC are of a different caliber. Everyone's there for a reason. Mm. And obviously the stand, yes, you know, obviously there are some organizations in the world, in the, in the MMA world, in which we'll have also high, high level fighters. But the majority of these organizations, they come through, they do well. When you enter the UFC, you don't necessarily enter the UFC as a fighter who's, who's, who's destined to be a top 10 fighter. Mm. You don't, you enter the UFC because, you know, chances are you're probably young or you're showing a lot of potential. I mean, maybe, you know, you come from someone like 1FC or Bellator, where you have a lot to your name. For the most part, these are people who are going to be, you know, future investments in the UFC, people mm. who are going to get better. Especially when you're at the age of, age 25 as well. Obviously, you know, age 25 in the UFC world is mm, nothing yeah. really, especially so, yeah. considering the prime is like, what? In their 30s, 30, really. 32, something around there. So, yeah, anyway, moving on. The next fight was? It was um, Frank Camacho versus, what was his, uh, Emmanuel Torres. And this fight was, <laughs> for the round it lasted, Emmanuel Torres isn't, like, he's an animal. He always comes in looking for a knockout. And uh, he, he started this fight the same. Uh, he started brawling straight away. You could see the speed advantage he had. Camacho's defense has failed him at times in the past and he took a lot of time off due to an injury and he worked on his defense a lot in the time he had off and you could tell because he was getting hit with bombs straight away and um Camacho started landing back he looked to wrestle a little bit but um Emmanuel Torres god he impressed me so much like the hooks from coming from his hips it's just so mm. fast they're so like easy to disguise because how low they come from so um Camacho really struggled dealing with that like really bad I mean it's always going to be a difficult fight when you come against a striker like that who's mm. a bit of a brawler who can put pressure on it put pressure on early yeah I think that you know I think that at the end of the day you know like I mean it's one of the reasons why this car was so great there were so many good knockouts there were so many you know powerful um powerful brawlers and whatnot you know, um, not necessarily all brawlers, but a lot of very, you know, powerful stand-up guys. Mm. And it did result in a lot of knockouts because of it. Yeah. But um, honestly, like, I, I thought that he did really, really well. He was very quick to the point. And at the end of the day, pressure, that's hard to deal with. It doesn't matter yeah. what level of experience yeah. you are, it's very hard to deal with. Overall, it was a very good fight. Um, He was very good with his jabs. Yeah. Very, very good with everything, really, you mm. know. But, um, yeah, through a lot of very strikes as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot of different... Like combinations of his hands like hitting with clean hurting bad with an uppercut um the hooks like i said the the combination to get the knockout do you remember the i think he come with the right hook and then caught him with the left hook straight after both just clean across the chin uh, dropped dropped him very badly uh yeah it was brutal it's a quick fight there wasn't much to say about it but can't like everyone needs to keep their eye on emmanuel torres I'm really seeing a lot of fighters like that nowadays. A lot of fighters, you know, who um, who are relatively new to the sport. I mean, every UFC card it's stacked from now on. Mm-hmm. Like almost every single UFC card you look on, that after you start, yeah. even you know stuff like the prelims, early prelims after you start. Obviously, we typically only tend to give the main card because there's so much to say about the main card. Yeah, you'd be here for hours otherwise. But honestly, like it's there's a lot of up and comers coming. A lot of fighters who have maybe been you know doing it for a little bit longer than others. Mm-hmm. A lot of them who are brand new to it. But there's a lot of a lot of exciting fighters um, coming through, and I think that he's definitely going to be one of them. Yeah. Moving on to the next uh, fights. The next fight was uh, Amanda Rebass versus Caitlin Shakugian, and uh, this fight was a uh, very con- is it contentious? Is that is that the word I'm looking for? I reckon. I yeah, reckon. Yeah. Because oh, I was scrolling through Twitter after the fight, and a lot of people were arguing that uh, Rebass was robbed. But personally, I I scored 
the first and second round were very similar because it was Caitlin landing big shots on the feet. She's one of the best range fighters in the women's division. Mm. Like even in the Shevchenko fight, and in my opinion, Shevchenko is the best women's champion on the planet. Um, you can see she didn't want to stand with Caitlin for long. She took her down. Because you can't let Caitlin Shakugan get uh, control on the feet because she takes over so well. She uses really nice kicks. Uh, her one-twos are so long. She can connect from any distance just coming in with those one-twos. And Rebass was really struggling to deal with it. And then she she got the takedown in both rounds. Um, it was the judo throw. And I remember hearing Caitlin say before the fight, she isn't going to get me with that stupid judo throw of hers. Yeah. And both rounds <laughs> got put down with the judo throw. And she controlled for, I think, like four minutes in those two rounds, about two minutes in each round. Um, but it wasn't massive damage. There wasn't a lot of submission attempts. And I gave Caitlin the first two rounds just because she landed landed a few big shots on the feet. Okay, very interesting one, very interesting one. I mean, yeah, a lot of controversy about robbery. Watching it, you know, wasn't too much of a robbery. Nah. Let's be honest, you know, like, obviously, you know, you, you can always make the persuasion and every, it's always going to be subjective. Mm. You know, watching, you know, obviously, you know, judges are always going to score it differently no matter what judge it is. Yeah. Yes, they're the clear, you know, there may be a clear, you know, set of guard and how to score a fight. But it's never going to be the exact same. Mm. You know, if you were to get 100 judges into the room, they're all scoring it relatively differently. Yeah. Some might be similar, you know, they, they might all be similar, but it's all subjective, it's all subjective. But as you said, going back to judo, I mean, I think that's some, you know, who was it, uh, Ronda Rousey? Yeah, Ronda was Absolutely. so good at judo. It, and I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see because obviously, you know, women's MMA may have not been to the standard it is today back then, but it was too, still too good standard. And I think that like, judo is such a... um. It's such an underrated discipline and obviously it's not as commonly, you know, it's not as commonly trained by martial artists as, you know, the likes of jiu-jitsu mm. and Muay Thai for pretty obvious reasons. Those are the primary, you know, the primary disciplines you want to know as well as wrestling. But um, I think that judo, you know, it definitely has a place in MMA. And if you're good at judo, you know, um, a lot of those skills do cross over and, and a lot of them do make very, very good MMA fighters. You, you look at, you look at, um, you look at Ronda Rousey, for example, you know, uh, it was her judo which, got her to where she was. Mm. Obviously, you know, Holly Holm came along. Yeah. End of it. But <laughs> yeah. but but regardless, you know, um it is it's definitely an effective discipline and I think that it was amazing really. So Yeah. Yeah, it was um she yeah, judo for Ronda was so dominant. You look at the the fight she had, um, where she, like so many early finishes just through mm. like judo throws. She was very good at dominating from side guard. She, in my opinion she's definitely the best judo fight we've seen in the ufc by far like some people really good at it we have kyla harrison in a different organization i think it's pfl she just signed to again and um everyone was really hoping she'd come and fight amanda nunez because she looks like a killer she just can't get the competition outside of the ufc uh but yeah ronda ronda really like set a pathway for women for women's mma to come through and showed a way of dominance through the through the division i mean definitely so um obviously you know ronda rather she's a bit wwe and whatnot but i feel like there aren't many names which you'd hear from you know if, if you weren't necessarily a fan of mma mm. there aren't many names you hear from the outside world and which you think to yourself oh yeah i reckon that because everyone knows ronda rousey yeah you know at, at that time you know when she was coming up when she was really performing that's when the ufc began to start growing obviously still is growing but it's massive at the moment mm. thankfully so everyone needs to be watching this yeah but you know um <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I think like judo is one of the things which I find amazing about judo is that it's really good at utilising your body weight and theirs. Mm, you haven't necessarily yeah. got to be a bigger guy than them. You haven't got to even got to be the same size. And obviously, although UFC weight classes are generally quite close-knit, mm. you know, for a good reason. Obviously, you know, there's, there's more than enough people to fill them and you want it to be as fair as possible. But I think in some weight classes, there is such a big difference in size, Especially you know? at the heavier ones. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. But even then, you know, looking at lightweights, like, what, what's, what's the minimum for lightweight? 155. 155, what's the max? Uh, well, I, I think it's roughly the same. Well, minimum for lightweight, I think you, I'm not actually sure, but they roughly have to weigh in at the same. I think there's, like, a pound difference you're allowed. Still, though, regardless, regardless, you know, with stuff like the cutting, the yeah, hydration, the, the dehydration, rehydration... If you're coming at somebody, you know, like, uh, what was it, um, Brazilian, very light guy, very light guy. Figueredo. Figueredo. If you're going at someone like Figueredo, for example, you know, he's he's fighting a lot heavier than you. Yeah. You know, obviously, he's not going to be as sharp and he's not going to be as on it because he is severely dehydrated and mm. he's just rehydrated himself to some extent. Yeah. You know, that size difference is, is, a, is, a, is a big difference. And obviously, maybe that's then an opportunity to then really use those throws because mm. as hard as it is, yeah. they're going to yeah, have a harder definitely. time dealing with it. And if it's something you're not used to typically, you know, trying to combat against because, you know, you're you're, you're more worried about, you know, stuff like your traditional wrestling takedowns and whatnot, mm. obviously at the UFC, they're prepared for it all. Yeah, but yeah. if it's something you know you're not prepared for, then I think it could be very, very beneficial knowing judo mm. and really developing it. And as you said, you know this this fight which we just watched, I I think that you know it's, it it was interesting to see how how big an impact it had. Yeah, I think the the way you could score it for rebass is because of those judo throws, and she she uses it very well. Amanda rebass, mm. she's very good at using the judo. So yeah, that that was an excellent fight. <laughs> like Amanda Rebass, and she won the last round. I, 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 in my opinion, but she was just walking her down at the end, screaming, throwing back kicks. She, she's a warrior, and I'm really excited to see them both fight again. Shakugan gets a lot of hate because she's not a finisher. She gets a lot of decisions, but yeah, I really enjoy watching her fight. She's really good from range. She uses a lot of traditional techniques. It's, it's really entertaining, in my opinion. I definitely so. I mean, a lot of people want to watch, you know, these these fighters for stuff like the knockouts and whatnot. Mm. And everybody loves a good knockout, assuming that's not, you know, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. Yeah. No one enjoyed watching that. Well, maybe maybe Chandler did on the way back, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, was loving it, backflips and everything. Mm. Honestly, one, two, <laughs> three, four. But yeah, yeah. No, um, when it comes down to you know fighters like Shiren, um, it's really, really good. You know, watching their technical ability and watching a fight go to decision. If it's a class fight yeah. like this one was, and yeah. when there's so much technique mm. and skill and you know traditional martial art based um based technique, you know which um, a, a lot of these fighters do tend to have nowadays. Mm. You know they always have, but you know it's it's really coming back now. It's not just your conventional you know good on the feet boxing for yeah. a few leg kicks. Um, it's really entertaining to watch, and I, I'd happily watch 15 minutes of that. Yeah, same. I enjoyed every minute of that fight. Oh, definitely so. Definitely Very so. Good. Yeah. So um, going on to the next fight, we had the, another Englishman. Davy Grant versus Lewis Schmolker. Uh, what what did you think of this fight? Oh, honestly, really, really good fight. I mean, Davy Grant is an absolute animal. Mm. You know, um, Schmolker as well. Like yeah, fair play him. to take. Yeah, I was going to say to take mm. that much impact, that much force over and over again for what was it, two or three rounds straight? Yeah, I think it was the third round that finished. Third round, early third round. Yeah. That was it. You know, to be able to take that for um three rounds or two and two rounds and a bit. You know, like. Fair play, because yeah. he was getting hit with some hard shots watching mm. it, you know. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, Davy is just so so good on the feet. Yeah, it was so it, good. it was amazing to watch. You know, those those shots he was firing, you know, he's firing bombs. He's, mm. he's throwing out the diag. 
Honestly, it was amazing to watch. Really, yeah. really good performance. Uh, Schmolka as well had his moments. Mm. You know, McCann's during the first round, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, even when he wasn't countering your striking in general, mm. I thought that he was landing some good shots. And the, he was also landing some heavy shots as well. Yeah. Like, they were not light shots. They weren't, you know, quick one-twos or whatever it was. They were powerful, powerful strikes, you know, mm. way of Davy. But I think that Davy did so well. It's great to see another English fighter doing well. Yeah. You know, maybe not a miscard necessarily, you know, obviously what happened earlier on, what happened earlier on, you know, experience and whatnot. But mm. just in general, you know, we've had some really, really good English fights in the UFC. And um, it's just a really good fight to watch, you know. It was a good knockout as well. Pretty brutal, like, yeah. you were watching Smokey's face, you know, he, he was he was gone. Yeah, he was out cold. Honestly, eyes twitching and everything, horrible, mm. honestly. Yeah, my, my thoughts on this fight were... um. Uh, that I think uh, Schmolker came in and didn't anticipate. Um, oh, I, my mind's gone blank. Um, what's his name? Davy Grant. Sorry, that was weird. I can't be getting anything. Yeah, yeah in it. Come on. But yeah, he did not expect Davy Grant to to have the onslaught early on that he did because everything Grant throws is from the hips. A bit like Torres, they both swing so hard early. The calf kicks were, were terrible. Like, he destroyed his leg and that that was the finishing sequence that, that happened. Uh, obviously, he hit him with a low leg kick, followed him down, landed some brutal ground and pound and put him out cold. Mm. They, I think Davy Grant is a very talented fighter. I think he can go far in this bantamweight division. We saw, I think his last fight was Cheeto Bear, if I'm not wrong. And, uh, that, that was a war. Like, Davy Grant does not get in easy. He does not take any easy fights. Cheeto, uh, I mean, Davy Grant had a very first, very good first round. And Cheeto came back and edged it, winning the last two. But like Grant puts on all-out wars every time, and like, he's got such a different, uh, diverse attacking style. The front kicks down the middle, and um, yeah, uh, he he has had some tough losses. It was Adrian Yanez and Cheeto Vera. I can't remember which way round it was. Do, mm. do you remember? It was. Uh, I think Adrian Yanez might have been his last loss. But, I think I think it might have been. They were yeah. very close together. I believe. I believe it was only a few months ago, both last yeah. year. But yeah, very close together. But, I mean, Adrian for me is like I love that guy. Watching him fight, he's one of the best counter punchers in the UFC. And David Grant, I don't think he got finished by him and went all three rounds. Uh, he's so tough and I think he's already fought some of the best this division has to offer. So I can only see him going further from here. I mean, it should be really interesting. You know, I would listen to him go further. He's quite an old guy, 36 years of age. Yeah. You know, but um, it would be interesting to see what he could do in that bantamweight decision. Mm. He hits hard, you know, yeah, very, so hard. very hard, you know, especially in that bantamweight decision. So I mm. think he could do well. Obviously, I don't know how much more how much more he had in him fight wise. You know, not that he looks like, like he's slowing down. Yeah, yeah, he really does not look like he's slowing down at all. But obviously, what's going on, you know, with him physiologically and whatnot, being thirty years of age, not too sure. But it should be really exciting, mm. very exciting to watch for him. You know, and I would like to see him rack up a few more fights. You know, even if it, you know, just because obviously he's English, promote the name, but also so he can do well for himself because that bantamweight division is very good. And um, Schmolka had his moments in that. I mean, I, one thing that I would would say about Davy Grant is he went so hard early on that he started to slow down in the second uh, like mid second round because uh, definitely definitely he was looking a lot more sluggish when he like yeah yeah and Schmolker started to land some nice body shots coming back into the fight but that calf kick caught up to him and he in the third round he destroyed his leg with that just I think Dominic Cruz said just before and uh, if he takes one more of those calf kicks it could be done and bang he slams slams him with another one and I feel like it's it. literally 
the final words he said before the final yeah, calf kick seconds and he goes out what commentary are there you know yeah. the, the fact you can predict I say well that, that, that shows the expert that shows the expertise of a UFC fighter I say that uh, that redeems Dominic Cruz for the time he said Connor was letting Khabib tire himself out when yeah, yeah. he just ground and pounded him <laughs> Yeah. I mean, one way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not sure if it's the right way. But that was a bit of a weird take, but we'll move on from that. It's fine, it's fine. Not everyone makes sense the right person. Yeah, percent per yeah. time, you know what I mean? So. But yeah, I think even though Davy Grant's age, I think I think he's still got a big few fights left in him. I think we'll we'll see him break into the rankings and have a have at least one or two big more fights. Of course, of course. Um, he's uh he's from up Manchester, way, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. SGB yeah. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. He's a. Uh, Sounds very northern when he speaks. <laughs> yeah, definitely so, definitely so. Even we find it hard to understand them sometimes. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, who was next? Who was next? Uh, so next on the card, uh, another short fight. So um, we had Ryan Spann versus Kutalaba and uh, two very, very explosive guys and the fight started off just like that. Uh, they both came out and traded, both landed straight punches and the noise of the sound when it connected it just like you could hear it slap around the arena it was two very powerful guys and um Kutaliba started off very well with the wrestling uh being able to control Ryan Spann and really just try to get out of the way because Ryan Spann's massive compared to Kutalaba. Oh yeah he's a big guy yeah, he's big, so big, big. Guy. yeah yeah like I I have I think he could probably make heavyweight if he wanted to <laughs> like and I'm not sure but like he's very big and Kutalaba had a big height disadvantage to try to find a way around and he was doing very well getting in with the wrestling. Oh, definitely so, definitely so. I mean, you know, watching Kutalaba early in the fight, um, it, I, I, it, was, it, was, it was hard to decide who'd be a clear winner watching yeah. from the get-go in that first minute, you know, so I thought mm. Kutalaba looked really good, really strong. Mm. You know, um, Ryan Spann, he looked very energetic. I, I liked how he was moving his upper body a lot. Very evasive, you know, his hand movement, you know, moving up and down toward the torso. Mm. His head movement as well was very, very good and very, very energetic. I mean, it's a really interesting fight to watch, you know, Kutalaba. Um, I wanted the fight to go on for maybe a little bit longer. Mm. That was just me personally, you know. I thought that, you know, we had a lot yeah. to see from both fighters, really. The result was a result. Not a bad fight at all, you know, impressive performance from Ryan Spann. And um, a very impressive performance for you like Kutalaba. Shame mm. we could have gone for a little bit longer, in my mm. opinion. But I think uh, Kutalaba, even though that fight ended as quick as it did, in his last two fights, he has done what I've been screaming for him to do for a long time now, and that's used his wrestling. I think he's a Sambo champion. I'm not 100% sure about that. But, oh, okay. But, um, so he's always had a big grappling advantage on people that he doesn't like to use. He just goes out and tries to knock people out. But, I mean, he battered Devin Clark from, from his guard, took him down and re- really inflicted a lot of damage, knocked his teeth out and, and this one, he looked to wrestle again, but Ryan Spann had one of the nastiest front-hand guillotines in the game. Mm. It's not like he, he doesn't lock it in with his with his bicep. It's like kind of hands under the chin and he pulls it up. It's, it's quite an awkward guillotine, but it works so well for him. We've seen him snatch it up a few times in the UFC now, and he he, he really impresses me. I think um, we've heard a lot of people talk about his mindset and it could be better, but I think... Like he said, if he if his mind's right, he's one of the best two fivers on the planet, and I've I've got to agree with that. I oh, definitely do, definitely so. I mean, Ryan Spann, you know, as he said, you know, um, that guillotine, yeah, he's very good, very good. He's a massive guy, you know, and you're gonna have a hard time on the ground because of it. Yeah, you know, he's a big, big guy. Um, it was a really impressive performance, you know. I mean, only two minutes. Mm. Like I said, I would like to see a bit longer, but it was very good, you know. Um. Good performance from Ryan Spann, you know, mm. good performance from Kutalaba as well. I think Kutalaba could have done so much more if the fight were to progress. Mm. 
But obviously, you know, it's hard. Maybe he should have utilized some of his wrestling as well. That could have really benefited him because, you know, obviously Ryan Spann is such a big guy and yeah. you're getting hit by him. Like, nah. Yeah. He, you he, don't want that, you know what I mean? But he did well to, to land some of the takedowns, but it was just the, the strength disadvantage. And that's weird because Kutalab is stronger than most guys he fights. But Ryan Spann is, he's a beast. He's so natu- naturally athletic and gifted that just that alone could make him go far in the heavier divisions and he he's very skillful got a good ground game very very powerful hands so like i i generally think we'll see him go on and fight maybe not for a title but you never know could fight for a title this i mean glover's just come back after getting knocked out in his prime multiple times and become world champion so ryan span has a very bright future ahead of him oh definitely so definitely so uh moving on to the next fight Next fight is the main event and a disappointing one, to say the least. Oh, yeah, definitely so, definitely so. Um, the first round, uh, Jan, Jan Blachowicz versus Rakic, was, uh, it was a very, very close first round. I, I gave it to Rak- uh, Blachowicz just because he's very good at checking those leg kicks and, I mean, the jab straight away from Rakic. Do you see the cut in the eye? Like, oh, yeah, it's horrible. It was horrible. like a hole in his, in the side of his eye. It was, uh, it was brutal. Very nasty, very and, nasty. Um, Lots of blood there. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. So I think um, I think I gave Blahovic the first round. He landed some nice big hooks, um, but Rakic managed to secure the takedown in the second and control him from there. Do you, uh, what, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, so I thought the fight, you know, it was very good. Um, obviously, you know, I expected for it to. I didn't know which way it was going to go for Modest View because Blahovic, you know, he's a very heavy hitter. He's an absolute brute when it comes down to fighting. Um, Rakic, you know, I think he, he it, the way the fight I predicted to go, I, I thought that, you know, it'd be very much of Rakic keeping a bit of leg kicks. Yeah. And I think that he did try and use his leg kick the signs, but, you know, Blavich, he's, he's a different beast. Mm. He's a completely, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's something else, you know, and I mean, although, yes, that might have worked with some other fighters, you know, fighter like Blavich, you're going to have a hard time doing mm. that with. Um, I thought that, you know, generally, you know, I thought Rakic, very sharp, Blavich, you know, looking like he always does. Yeah. You know, um, looking to try and you know climb that way back up to you know maybe potentially being uh, in, t- in in line for a title shot which would be mm. amazing to see him you know champion once again mm. but um, I, I thought that you know I, I thought that I, I, it wasn't quite how I wanted to go I wanted to see a bit more of you mm. know Rakic I think that when when, it, when anything like an injury mm. like that you know um, you, you can't fight with that that's, that's not something you can even try and you know try and Push forward through because yeah. uh, an ACL, <laughs> and watching the replay as well, the way that popped, oh my god! Like that, that did not look comfortable whatsoever. The fact that it popped out of place and put back in, there was no way he was standing up after that. I mean, Rakic will be out for a, for a long time now. Like, ACLs year, are like months maybe, and months, yeah, aren't they? Like a good year, a lot of last like, nine months or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, sometimes it's better just for a clean break. Sometimes it actually is. I definitely these muscle injuries. I mean, ligament tears, isn't it? They're yeah, it's terrible. It's They're, horrible to see. And then when they come back, they're never as you know, strong as they could mm-hmm. be. So who's to say this is going to impact his career? Hopefully yeah. not, hopefully not, but you Su- never know. Such a kick-heavy guy as well. He relies a lot on those kicks. And to be, I mean, we've seen Santos since that John Jones fight where he ripped every muscle in his leg possible and we have not seen him the same since. It's... it's a horrible way to end the fight. I don't know who was going to win the fight. I, I in my opinion, Blahovic was slowly getting to him, like the the leg kick, especially. You saw the welt on the side of Rakic's leg was very. It was gruesome at the at the point of the third round, and uh, Rakic did well with the wrestling. But I don't think uh, Jan would have let that happen again. Really, 
So I would love, I'd love to see that fight again, but it's going to be so long and so much can happen in the space of nine months to a year that I don't think we're going to see that match up again, which is a shame. I mean, it's a real shame, really, because I thought Rakic was doing very well. I mean, I, I think he was on on route to win the fight. Yeah, maybe. You know, I, I thought he was, you know, definitely edging it by quite some bit. So I mean, it's a shame to see it end how it has ended. Obviously, it does happen. It's a combat sport. You know, fighters take a lot of impact on all of their joints, all mm. of their body. But it's a shame, really, because I thought Rakic was really impressive, you know, and hopefully this doesn't impact his career too negatively. Obviously, you know, not using your leg for a good few, um, good, good few months. You know, he might be able to use it, you know, he might be able to use it a little bit, you know, during, mm. yeah, during the recovery process, but it's not going to be as strong as it, it was before and not for a long no. time. So, um, hopefully, you know, time will be favourable to him. Hopefully, he'll have, you know, a bit more time in the game. I'd like to see him definitely um, come back when he can, you know, and I want to see him get back to that point because it's going to be hard, you know, a division like that, which is constantly growing. Mm. It's going to be hard to see so, him, you know, come straight back into it. And... So many youngsters up and coming in that division as well. Like, we got Yuri about to have his title fight, and he's only had two fights in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got Jamal Hill, who's coming up, and brutal knockout over Johnny Walker last time out. I think he's got a fight against Thiago Santos booked in. So um, there, there's, there's a lot of hype in that division coming through, and it's going to be hard for Rakic to jump straight back in the picture. If there's any guy in that division who could do it, it will be Rakic because he's so talented on the feet. Um, I think he's had 11 fights in the UFC and lost one. I, I think that might be correct, or around that. And the fight he did lose was a very conta- contentious split decision. So, uh, yeah, it's a shame. It really bummed me out that day because the fight was, it was playing out very well. Uh, it was really good, like, exchanges they were having on the feet, both slamming each other's legs for, for the whole, the whole three rounds. And I just wanted to know how it would have went if it went another two, but shame we didn't get to see it. I mean, it's one of those things, it, it does happen, unfortunately, you know, and it's a shame that it did happen to Rakish, you know, it's a shame that it did happen in the main event, mm. but just for Rakish in general. But anyway, moving on, I've honestly thought that was a really, really good card. Uh, yeah. What I'm going to do now is that Finn this weekend uh, went to watch the Bellator in London. Yeah. How was it? Uh, honestly this was the first MMA event I've been to so me and my brother and my friend Kieran was uh we were we all went up to London and um yeah the the atmosphere we we were there to watch MVP Paul Daly got Paul Daly on it I think it was his retirement fight knocked out an absolute killer from Brazil like wow. n- knocked him out it was a very bad knockout but the atmosphere the people we met so many people we saw Paul Daly out in the town afterwards in London oh, yeah. uh, I, I, the podcast is out late this week because uh, honestly I haven't fully recovered from that weekend yet it was a uh, it was a bit of a rough one, but yeah, it was it was so fun. The 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 thing I didn't realize the 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 music in the arena is so loud, like oh, really? it's like a rave rave in between rounds. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh wow, wow, that sounds yeah. amazing. Fair play, fair yeah. play. Yeah, it was a uh, the main event was a bit lackluster in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. M- MVP just got held down for a lot of it. So what I'd anticipated, or yeah, yeah, he was fighting Logan Storley, who. I think he's like a four-time state champion or something, something like that. So wow, yeah, yeah. And we've seen MVP wrestle not not so good before. MVP, there there was nothing on the feet that he could do to MVP, but yeah, he got outstruck very badly. But it was a great weekend, a great night. The FA Cup final, if you're an English fan, was the next day. So watching that on the way home because we we couldn't stay in London for any longer, we had to get yeah, back. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a really good weekend.
Oh, fair enough, fair enough. That's yeah. really good to say. That's really good to say. Yeah. So, um, what's your MVP? You know, obviously, it wasn't quite what you expected. Um, did you see, like, what, what do you think of him, though? Uh, his, so, so, like, um, he, he's so confident the way his his walk-ins and just the, the energy of the, the crowd when he comes in. It was it was electric. Like, a lot of people were there to see MVP fight. And, uh, yeah, you could tell a lot of people were pissed off when he lost. Uh, there was a lot of boos. Story wasn't so happy. I think he was threatening people in the crowd and stuff like that. It, it, wow. Yeah, it was a bit toxic afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he did what he had to do to win. I wasn't, I wasn't annoyed at the fight. I kind of knew it play out like that. To be honest, I, I'd love to go see MVP fight again. Like next time he, uh, next time he fights, hopefully it's in the UK and we can both go up together and we'll make a little podcast about it then. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it should be interesting. You know, like I'm good thing about Bellator is that you know a lot of it is held in the UK. Mm. Obviously, hold a lot more in the UK. Than a lot of other events, you know, other, other than obviously the UK based companies, yeah, like Cage Warriors, but um, yeah, I know there's one coming up, and I think like Colchester soon, you know, so yeah. well, that could be something different, you know, I could be getting our wrong match just off the top of my head. There's one in Dublin, in, <laughs> Dublin across the you know, so um, yeah, the I mean, boys on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was really, you know, it's really interesting to hear about that, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I'm sounded like a really, really good weekend, mm. to be yeah, fair, you know, it was cool seeing Paul Daly afterwards, like yeah. it was a uh, we we were out in in central London after, and he was in his suit celebrating. I, I'm pretty sure it was him. We didn't go up because we didn't want to like invade his night. But yeah, yeah no, of course, it of was course. it was an awesome weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was really good. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. What was the Paul Daly fight like? So the the first round, he uh, he was struggling quite a bit. He got he got taken down. I think it was like a hill hook. He almost got caught in. And um, oh, okay. So yeah, the first round wasn't going so well. We were actually the people sat in front of us were actually training partners of Paul Daly. So oh, wow. So we were chatting to them all night, and we could see the nerves on their face in that first round. Yeah, yeah. But um, on it, he, like he said afterwards in the interview, like there was no way he was leaving this arena without a knockout win. It just wasn't possible in his head. Yeah, no, of and course. You could see that the second, like the knockout was brutal. He hurt him to the body with a left hook. He comes, uh, he drops him with it, and he's hitting him against the cage. The guy stands mm. up, and he actually knocks him out with the right hook. So he's been famous his whole career for the. Uh, for the left hook knockout, but he gets one with the right hook, and he made that known. He was like, "I've got a lot of knockouts with my right hand too, so people need to remember that." Oh, fair enough, fair mm. enough, fair enough. Well, that's really just here, Finn. You know, um, I'd love to go to a Bellator event. Hopefully, mm. we'll be into an MMA event soon. Yeah, Hopefully, definitely. you know, I um, don't know which one it will be, but you know, it should be very exciting. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'm um, hope you have enjoyed. This has been the Combat Chatters podcast. If you're still on the website, then you'll have all the links to our socials and whatnot. So be sure to follow us there. Um, next week we will be talking about this week's card so it should be a really exciting one and uh, in the future we do want to try and look at getting two podcasts in a week because uh, we, we we both spend a lot of time uh, doing breakdowns on the card throughout the week so it's hard to fit both cards both cards in one podcast like today we don't have much time so we've got to shoot off right now so we can't talk about next week's card but hopefully in the future we'll have one podcast out on like Tuesday maybe one out on Thursday try or try get it around there so uh around that schedule so yeah hopefully we can be talking a lot more about UFC soon so I mean hopefully that should be the plan you know you want to be looking to have one out on the Wednesday and the Thursday one about the previous card one yeah, about the upcoming card well we, exactly yeah, that. Yeah. Just, just for reiteration you know but just you know so just so we can cover as much content as possible and we can cover it in a good standard because obviously you know everyone wants to hear about the previous card mm. everyone wants to hear about the upcoming card Yeah, you can't talk about one and not the other because there's always so much news with the upcoming card and always so much speculation anyway as I said thank you very much for listening and uh, see you next week <laughs>